Well, we're continuing to look at the Scriptures, chapter 1 in the Confession, and specifically paragraph 7. Thankful for how the Lord in His providence has caused the timing of the catechism questions and various things over the last couple weeks. But last week we saw the work of the Spirit to open our eyes to understand the Scriptures and Tonight, looking at paragraph 7, if you have the little handout, paragraph 7 says this, All things in Scripture are not alike plain in themselves, nor alike clear unto all. Yet, those things which are necessary to be known, believed, and observed for salvation are so clearly propounded and opened in some place of Scripture or other that not only the learned... But the unlearned, in a due use of ordinary means, may attain to a sufficient understanding of them. It's interesting how we speak of the perspicuity of Scripture. Anybody have any idea what that word means? Clarity. Clarity. A word that is confusing means clarity. I've always found that uh, interesting. That uh, the perspicuity means clarity, but yet often, even just reading this, it's a bit unclear. But hopefully I can break this down for us and to see uh, how the writers of the confession wanted to try to help us understand the clarity of Scripture. First of all, that the Scriptures are varying in their clarity. And what we mean by that, two different aspects I kind of see it. One, in their content and one in their context, meaning one in their content. Certain scriptures, you read it and you're like, yeah, I understand that. Other scriptures, you have to chew on a little bit more. You have to work at it. You have to see, okay, what does this word mean? How does that go with this? Even, um, even our passage in, in 1 Peter, where you have verse 3 to 12, all one sentence in the Greek, how to start to dice that all up. You can take little nuggets out there and see it really clear, but sometimes to see other things, it's just going to take more work. But also, they're not always the same in clarity in their context, in a historical context. For instance, when God said to Adam and Eve during the curse about the the seed of the woman, did they understand that that was going to be Jesus of Nazareth? No, there was a clarity that they understood at that point. Then the promise given to Abraham. Through you, all the nations of the world will be blessed. He understood that there was a promise, but did he understand that there would be a seed, which is singular seed, Paul says, in Christ? No. As Isaiah would write of the suffering servant, did he fully understand No, but he understood what he was writing about some Messiah that was to come when he would write of people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. He wrote understanding, but not in its fullness. So that's where we see that the the confession says that all things in Scripture are not alike plain in themselves, nor alike clear unto all. I think, again, in content, but also a historical context that... 
in the right, we, we see the term progressive revelation. There's that unveiling. As Mr. Powers was talking about today, the, the mystery that was revealed. Um, the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 5, when he's talking about uh, the husband and wife, and he says, and this is the mystery that I'm speaking about, Christ and the church. That, that which had been stated, but yet was veiled in some shroud of mystery, it was clearly understood in that context, but not in its greatest fullness of its context. And that's what we saw today, the blessing that we have today, that we live in the fullness of the revelation. What a gift that is. So the scriptures are varying in their clarity, while at the same time we can say that the scriptures are clear. What are they clear about? Excuse me. They are clearly of what is necessary to be known, believed, and observed for salvation. So much that the learned and the unlearned can understand it. What a gift it is. We recognize, again, this flows from the understanding. We need the Holy Spirit to bring understanding and and enlightenment to the, the scriptures. But there's not just some super knowledge that we can never attain to. They are sufficient, as 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 say. But verse 15 says that they are, they are able to make us wise unto salvation. And so it contains everything that we need <clears throat> for life <clears throat> excuse me, and godliness. Psalm 119, 130. The entrance of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Jenny and I used to go to church that that was in the stained glass window behind the pulpit. And it was a great reminder that our hope is through the scriptures that we see and that the word gives us the clarity. That because they are clear, we are not dependent upon any clergy, pope, scholar, or council to tell us what they mean. That we're not dependent upon that. It, it used to be that much before the, uh, the Reformation. That the knowledge was kept in a select group of people. Because the scriptures were kept in Latin. And then it was just told from the elites down to the people. And what a blessing it is to have the scriptures in our language. In our heart tongue. That we might understand them clearly. In the midst of this, they are clear, but also they are unclear. I'm really being clear tonight, aren't I? They're varying in clarity. They are clear and they are unclear. What do I mean by they are unclear? It means it's going to take us some work at times. Kind of going back to the first point. The end of paragraph seven, it says, in due use of ordinary means, may attain to a sufficient understanding of them. That ordinary means, there's a a phrase, the ordinary means of grace, the means by which God gives us to grow us. Prayer, the reading of the scriptures, the taking of the, the sacraments, the observance of the ordinances, baptism and the Lord's Supper. All of these things are which means by which God uses not to save us, but to conform us in the image of Christ, to grow us. And so it is the scriptures. They are unclear, but we are to use the means by which God gives us to study. 
As Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.15, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. While the scriptures are clear, there's a work that we must put into them. And the presupposition in that is that our sin causes us to not understand them. It's not the lack of the clarity of the scriptures, it's the lack of our understanding that is the issue. Let me say that again. It's not to the defeat, or excuse me, it is not to the um, accusation of the scriptures that they're not able to be clear enough. We are the problem. That we're blinded in our sin. Sometimes we're just not diligent enough to study. And we are called to put forth that effort that Paul would say, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. It's interesting, those ordinary means are ordinary. But they're not ordinary in their outcome. But they're ordinary because we often want to look at some gimmick or trick that that's like a short circuit. But the growing in grace is in the little things. In the time in the word, the time in prayer. Paul would commend the Bereans that they searched the scriptures daily to find out if the things that were being pre- presented were true. And if they were, they received the word with all readiness. Even today in our passage this morning, said the prophets searched and inquired. Is that the other word? That, as Mr. Powers was saying, that was the digging part. I, I know the temptation in my own life. I didn't understand that. Ah, I want to move on. Because we, we're so used to just wanting things really quickly. Oh, I just want to Google this. I just want to do some little short circuit trick. But often it's when I refuse to, to use an electronic device and I just start digging in the scriptures that I, I end up finding other scriptures I wasn't intending to that are, are right along. Forcing me, my, myself to use a concordance and not just hyperlinks on a computer page. I'm not saying we shouldn't use those, but it, it's just those means of saturating, our, saturating ourselves as the word of God. What a joy it is. on this topic, I just want to share something that Wayne Grudem had written. He said, in a day when it is common for people to tell us how hard it is to interpret scripture rightly, we would do well to remember that not one of the gospel, not not once in the gospels, do we ever hear Jesus saying anything like this? I see how your problem arose. The scriptures are not very clear on that subject. Instead, Whether he is speaking to scholars or untrained common people, his responses always assume that the blame for the misunderstanding of any teaching of Scripture is not placed on the Scriptures themselves, but on those who misunderstand or fail to accept what is written. Again and again, he answers questions with statements like, Have you not read? Have you you never read in the Scriptures? Or even, You are wrong because you neither know the Scriptures nor the power of God. So, we're given the scriptures. They are clear. 
They're going to vary in clarity as far as the ease of accessing some of them, but they're a depth of gold-rich nutrients that we can never mine the depths of. That we can keep digging and we can keep keep digging is the... um, as the Proverbs say that it's digging for nuggets of gold as if we're, we're mining that. <clears throat> and so it is by that work. In the midst of this, it doesn't mean that we can't receive help. God has given, in Ephesians chapter 5, those with the teaching ability to help us understand. But that doesn't supplant. It doesn't replace. It comes alongside and can help and to aid. I, I love it when I get a, a text message or an email or a phone call. Hey, I, I've got this question about this passage. We were studying this in family worship or in my own personal study. Hey, what, what does this mean? And often my question will be, well, what have you looked at? To just kind of see, have you, have you taken some time and not just like, hey, I, I need to phone a friend for an answer. But again, we can come alongside and it doesn't negate our need for help. But in the end, the early church is a great example in Acts 2.42. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in prayers. What a, what a blessing it is that they continued. They sought to follow that faith once delivered to all the saints. And so we have the word of God. Are we taking it? Are we studying it? And when we hit those tough things, are we willing to put the time and effort to work those things out? To come to conclusions, to come to convictions upon the word of God.